This is Pastor Landon Davis. Thank you for joining me for our daily Bible study. Today we'll be doing a special topical edition. Uh, on Saturdays we study different Bible topics, try to succinctly cover a topic. And so today I want to talk about money. What does the Bible say about money? Some people live for money. Some people consider money evil. The Bible gives us a much more balanced approach. The Bible does warn us against the dangers of desiring wealth, but it also warns about the difficulties of facing the poor. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 7 says, The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. And so we see money is a tool that can be used to accomplish great good, and money can also be misused and absolutely destroy a man or a woman. We must have money, but we must learn to use our money as well. Money is necessary, but it's important that we have some guidelines so that we handle it properly. And so it's important to recognize that, just before we go any further, um, it's important to recognize that Material wealth is not the means by which we measure God's blessing or approval of a man's life. There are certainly people that are called to live a life of sacrifice. Um, I was just reading the story of a missionary family today uh, that lived in deep poverty all of their life, but but only eternity will show the thousands of people they were able to reach because of their sacrifice. And so many servants of God are called to live a life of sacrifice and they're going to face hardship and sometimes even poverty for the gospel's sake. On the other hand, there's nothing inherently noble about simply being poor. In fact, life is much harder if you remain impoverished. And so the Lord gives us instructions. Most people think of the Bible as just instructions concerning eternal life, but he also gives us wisdom principles that will be of great benefit to us here in this present life. And and one of the things the Bible addresses repeatedly are, are some principles to keep us from carrying the crushing weight of poverty. And so we're just going to look at, I've got 10 uh, rules here and scriptures for them uh, that will help a young man or young lady or, or middle-aged young man or, or middle-aged man or lady uh, to avoid falling into poverty. Uh, first, this seems simple, but we need to hear it. Number one, don't be lazy and don't sleep in. Proverbs chapter 6 Verse number 9 through 11 says, How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come on you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. Proverbs 20 and 13 reiterates this. It says, Do not love sleep lest you come to poverty. Open your eyes and you will be satisfied with bread. Uh, You've got to be willing to hustle. You've got to be willing to get out and work if you want to get ahead. Don't be lazy or you run the risk of falling into poverty. The second point, and it kind of continues on the first one, you've got to get to work. 
You can't just talk about a job, talk about the money you're going to have, dream about when everything lines up and you're just waiting for your big break. If you aren't willing to work, then there's no reason to talk about what the future holds. If uh, Right now, you've got to start moving in that direction. If you can't get the job that you want just yet, then try to get another job. You have to start somewhere. Profit, according to the scripture, is a result of labor. Proverbs 14 and 23 says, In all labor there is profit, but idle chatter leads only to poverty. Number three, make a plan and follow through. Plan to acquire skills. Plan to acquire education so that you won't always have to stay at the bottom. Budget your money. Limit your spending. Work extra hours. Make wise decisions instead of hasty decisions. You've got to have a plan to move from one one place to the next. It's got to be a feasible plan. If you don't see how to get to where you're going, at least make a plan how you can get a step closer. Um, Proverbs 21 and 5 says, The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. Number four, break addictions. Don't allow your desires for immediate gratification. This is drugs. This is alcohol. uh, But this is just our addiction to being satisfied right now. Uh, So for some people, they have an addiction, it seems, to spend money, to have the newest and the best, to have the name brand, to have the TV that's bigger than their wall. That they just they've they've got to spin. That's where they get their gratification. We've got to break those cycles of addiction. Don't allow your desire for immediate gratification and pleasure to hinder your future. Proverbs 23 and 21 says, For the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty, and drowsiness will clothe a man with rags. Our fifth point is to be teachable. Learn from wise men and women. Learn from your parents if they're good with money. Learn from your employer. Take correction instead of taking offense. Uh, Many times, simply having a teachable spirit can improve your family life. It can improve your academic performance. It can improve your job performance. And and ultimately, having a teachable spirit will, will improve your income and your lifestyle. Proverbs 13 and 18 says, Poverty and shame will come to him who disdains correction, but he who regards a rebuke will be honored. Number six, treat all men fairly. Don't show disdain for the poor and don't grovel to attempt to gain favor from the rich. God hates hypocrisy. God hates pride. God hates favoritism and God hates prejudices. Proverbs 22 and 16 says, He who oppresses the poor to increase his riches and he who gives to the rich will surely come to poverty. Number seven, be faithful to God and his work. Malachi 3 and 8 says, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, In what way have we robbed you? And the answer was, In tithes and offerings. Luke chapter 16 verse 11 says, Therefore, if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, so this is speaking mammon as your material goods, 
Who will commit to your trust the true riches? So be faithful to the plan of God. Be faithful to the work of God. Be faithful to God with your uh, mammon, with your material blessings. Also, be generous. Be generous to others. God blesses givers. Luke chapter 6 verse 38 says, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. 1 John 3 and 17 through 18 says, Whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need, and that in need is important. And we're going to talk about that in the next point. Um, It's very important to recognize what's a need and what's a want. Who sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And then finally, Proverbs 28 and 27 says, He who gives to the poor will not lack, but he who hides his eyes will have many curses. Now, clearly the Bible expects us to give and to help people that are downcast, uh, people who are facing a difficult time. But does that mean we give to every everyone everything they ask every time. I know Jesus told us to give when people ask of us and we'll be blessed, not expecting anything in return. But does that mean we continue? So if someone is a hanger-on, if they're a mooch, if you've got someone in your family who refuses to take care of their own business, uh, do you have to bankroll them? Um, This moves us to another principle of the scripture. First, we've said we've got to be able to help people when they truly have a need. But here's a principle that we don't talk about that much. We are not, this is principle number nine, don't enable slothful or unrighteous behavior in others all in the name of Christian generosity. Don't let people twist the scripture so that you're financing their sin. We're instructed from the scriptures, as I said, to give to those that are needed. So some interpret this to mean that we must give our money to everyone that has their hand out with no questions asked. Does God really want me to give money to a drunk knowing that he's going to take it to go spend it on alcohol? Is it really God's plan for parents to continue to finance their adult children to pay their house note to pay for everything so that they don't have to grow up, they don't have to have a job, and you're just enabling them to live in a drug-fueled days with, with no adult responsibilities? Are we being more generous than God? Because if we are more generous than God, we're probably no longer in His will, and we might even be hindering His work. So let's consider what the Bible tells us about God and the way that He provides for us. He blesses our labors. He's our Father, yet His Word instructs us that He will bless us if we work faithfully. Now, if our Heavenly Father encourages accountability and responsibility, shouldn't earthly parents, our family, our friends, associates, churches, pastors, shouldn't we do the same thing the Heavenly Father does? Consider when God created man, He gave him the job of tending the garden. And then when He gave him his wife, He said, your wife is going to be a helper for you. 
man had responsibility from the very beginning. After the first sin, God then decreed that men still must work and labor to make a living, but now it's going to be even more difficult because the, the all of creation has been marred by sin. The, the ground has been cursed, and life isn't going to be easy, but work your way through it anyway. So should we, that's what God decreed, should we instead decree that the rich, the government, the church, uh, the grandparents are responsible to meet all the needs for people who are able but aren't willing to work? That seems just the opposite of what God said. He established the law of reaping and sowing. How are you going to reap if you're uh, if you're not willing uh to sow how how are you going to inherit um a blessing when you haven't done anything that God says is blessed should should we intervene and allow people to reap blessings without ever having to labor uh in faith and sow for themselves his wisdom warns that sluggards drunkards and perverse men will come to poverty that's God's righteous judgment Remember, God chastises those that He loves. Sometimes difficulty is the only way to correct someone. Should we instead step in when when God is chastising them and they come to poverty? Should we come swooping in for, for those that live reckless and sinful and fruitless lives and make sure that they never have to face the consequence of their repeated poor decisions so that they never learn, so that they never become better? If we do, then they're never going to change their ways. I don't think this is what the Bible intended when it told us to be generous and to give. In Jesus' parable of the lost son, and I'm taking a little bit of time with this because we hear a lot about giving, but we don't hear a lot about being wise with with who we give to and when we give to them and how we give to them. It's not like the Bible's silent on the subject. In, in Jesus' parable of the lost son, he stated that there was a boy that was living a, a prodigal or wasteful life. Now, the father did not spare him from the certain end of his ill-advised path. A famine came, but his father didn't go find him and feed him. He was in the pig pen, but the father didn't go get him and bring him home. It, 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 it was only after his dire circumstance caused him to what the Bible says, come to himself. He learned a lesson. Because of his wild living, he ended up in a bad situation, and he came to himself. When he did, he was in need, and he had he had come to himself and said, I'm willing to work. I'm willing to be my father's servant. His father met him, welcomed him back home with joy, and then heaped blessings on him. Our bleeding hearts cause us to heap blessings on people that are still lost well before they come to themselves. And so I've done this many times, to be honest. My intentions were good, but I hate to think of the number of times that I finance Satan's schemes by giving money to someone, the wrong person with the wrong problems at the wrong time. And for those that are still enthralled by a wasteful lifestyle, Cash might be the worst thing that you can give them. Isn't it funny that God's law forbids coveting and even compares it to idolatry? 
Yet those that have worked and planned and sacrificed and lived according to the scripture to provide for their own are considered selfish if they don't give their rightful earnings to people that continue to squander the abundant opportunities afforded to them. It's important that we be able to distinguish the lazy, irresponsible, petulant, entitled, and and, uh, even addicted from those that are honestly in need, financially in need. Job loss, health problems, tragedy, and a number of other crises could cause any one of us to face legitimate financial hardships. And and many people do need a hand up. Some, they need correction. Some need instruction. Some just need an opportunity to help them better themselves. Others legitimately need a handout. It's not in their power to meet their very real needs. There are some people who we have to be careful that we don't get so jaded and skeptical that we don't show compassion when it's necessary. There are some people who truly, if they're going to make it, they're going to have to have things given to them because they just don't have the the physical ability or the, the emotional, mental stability or whatever it is that they have limitations in providing for themselves. And so we do need to meet the needs of those people. If we aren't willing to minister, what right do we possibly have to be called the body of Christ? On the other hand, though, If we continue to bless misbehavior that God has clearly cursed, how can we claim to be doing His will? And so, as Christians, we must be good stewards of God's blessing. Every dollar that we give to a dishonest, unmotivated scam artist with a made-up sob story is a dollar that could have been better used to feed a hungry child, to help a widow, or to share the saving gospel to those in darkness. Now, I know that it may seem hard-hearted to, to warn you against just being generous and giving money to everyone. Somehow that's less than Christian, but it's actually very biblical. Jesus had the power to feed 5,000 and just bless the bread and give it, but he didn't feed all of the hungry. He didn't swoop in and make sure nobody faced consequences. It was all about being led of the Spirit, helping the right person at the right time in the right way, meeting very real and legitimate needs of people. The Bible gives us a balanced approach to money and to our generosity. Listen to what 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10 through 12 says. For even when we were with you, we commanded you this if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. Now, they were instructed to take care of the house of God first, but even in the house of God, if there was a member of the church who wouldn't work, they couldn't eat. If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. For we hear that there are some who walk among you in a disorderly manner, not working at all, but are busybodies. Now those who are such we command and exhort through our Lord Jesus Christ that they work in quietness and eat their own bread. If you're able to earn a living, if you're able to make your own bread, if you want to eat, you're going to make your bread. It's not everyone else's job to provide for you. Even among Christian widows, 
Paul warned Timothy to be discerning about who the church supported. This is in 1 Timothy chapter 5. The church was never intended to bear the financial burdens that should have fallen on the shoulders of an individual or their family. And so Paul didn't want the able-bodied widows to become idle because invariably this would lead to conflict and to sin. When people don't work, when they don't accomplish anything, um, when they always have their hand out, they naturally become selfish when when it's just easy to do they they become a victim they've become depressed they feel like they haven't done anything that and as their mood sours uh, eventually this it changes their heart and they can fall into sinful conflict and cause pro, or sinful behavior and, and even cause conflict among the body of Christ people need something to do and the Lord gave us something to do. It was God's plan from the beginning that men and women should have some work, that they should accomplish something. And so even among the Christian widows, take care of those that are really in need, but those that have some other means of being taken care of and have some other work that they can do and can move on in their life, that's best. And so I, I want to be clear, I give and and I like to give. I like to help people. And I agree with what the scripture says. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And I'm still, it's hard for me to tell people no. I have strangers show up at my house wanting $300 for their electric bill. And, uh, and people I don't know, and they have every sign that they're going to abuse it. And it's tough for me not to go scratch, you know, dig around and try to find money and give them what I got. I'm still learning to be led of the Spirit in this area, in this area, and and if I'm gonna make a mistake, I would rather it be on the side of being generous, because uh, sometimes I'm not sure what the proper course of action is. So if I'm gonna err, let it be on the side of mercy, generosity, and kindness. However, based on the Scripture. I need to pray for discernment and wisdom before throwing money at everyone's apparent problems. Some people can't keep their lights on, but that's because they've been drinking all month long. And if I keep paying their light bill, they're going to keep drinking. So I, I know that we can't love money. We can't greedily hang on to money. But there's more to being faithful with your money and with your treasure than simply handing it out. That's a very difficult lesson, especially when you've got people you love who take advantage of that, when you've got children who, who should be responsible, but they're not, and grandchildren who, at the point they should be responsible, but they're not, or siblings, or, or sometimes it's parents who just refuse to get their house in order. And we've got to learn being faithful doesn't mean just to give it away. The last thing, uh, point number 10, is to keep your priorities straight. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 through 33. Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 22. A man with an evil eye hastens after riches and does not consider that poverty will come upon him. 
and he may get material wealth, but if you're not rich towards God, you truly are poor. We've got to keep our priorities straight. First Timothy chapter six, verse eight through 10. And having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Money is a tool. Use it properly so it doesn't destroy you. Don't get concerned and consumed worrying about what tomorrow holds and how you'll provide for all your needs and and hasten after riches. Seek the kingdom first and the Father will add everything to you. He knows what you need before you even ask. So to summarize this, love God and your neighbor instead of money. Live wisely. Work hard. Be mature. Don't cut corners to make money quickly. Be faithful and you will always have all that you need and you will live a blessed life. Proverbs 28 and 19 says, He who tills his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows frivolity will have poverty enough. A faithful man will abound with blessings. Verse 20, But he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Feel free to share this if you've got uh, a young person or just someone in your life that you think uh, this wisdom will bless them. Share this episode. Join us again tomorrow for our Sunday sermon. God bless you.